What's going on, y'all? It's Philly Celeb, and you tapped into Popcorn Matinee, Popcorn Conversation. This is the number one platform for the independent filmmakers, sponsored by MicrowaveMedia.com. Shout out to you, the listeners. We appreciate every listen, every follow, every repost. We got Germany in the house listening. We got Ireland in the house listening. Shout out to the whole U.S. You know, they tapped in. We got everybody from PA to New Orleans to New York, Jersey, California. Listen, I appreciate all y'all support. I appreciate all y'all listens. Now, today's special guest is Max Bernstein, the writer and director of Look Behind You. Now, I found out about Max because I was scrolling through Instagram and I seen an advertisement for Look Behind You, the movie. Went to the page. He got his own Instagram page, Look Behind You. Definitely follow that on Instagram. Looked at the still shots and the behind the scenes. I'm like, hey, this looks like crazy movie. I definitely want to check this out. Let me reach out. So I'm saying that to say to all my creatives or anybody that's doing any type of business, don't underestimate advertisement. That's the most important thing besides the product. But back to Max. Now, in this interview, Max takes us through the steps that he took to complete his first film. You hear that? He took the initiative and created something that he wanted to create. And I love things like that. So with no further ado, here's the interview with Max Bernstein. You want to roll, you want to ride. We get money, you know the vibe. We stand on them. First thing I want to do is uh, congratulate you on releasing your first film. Oh, thank you, man, so much. I can really appreciate it. It just—it's kind of surreal to hear somebody say that, like a, like a year ago. I mean, I, I just about like making a film for the first time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really appreciate that. So, no, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, what made you want to become a filmmaker? Uh, I think. As a kid, I was always so fixated with movies, and growing up, I really wanted to be an actor because that was the really like the only way I kind of thought about film in general was like through acting. And I didn't even really know what a director was. I was just obsessed with films in general, like Disney films and Pokemon and shit. Growing up, um, but I, I eventually, I like learned oh there's a director and there's a writer and there's mechanics behind it but it seemed like as a teenager and even like in my earlier 20s I'm like 29 now it seemed like this unattainable thing being a director like it, there's like so much to it and it's i just viewed it as a really mechanical career and i'm a more creative guy so i was like oh, i gotta be an actor but there's just one like tarantino interview where he's he he described like directing as like something that is he thought was like a magical act that it was so hard to learn and it was like no you just have to be able to convey your creative vision to other people that know the mechanics and i was like oh i could do that so after that it was like kind of a mission for of me to like make a film because i just i love movies so much i feel you on that now why why did you believe it was unattainable i don't know it just I thought it was like you have to know everything about cameras to be a director. I think it was for me like that was almost like I don't know. I thought like I needed to know everything about the mechanics behind it to direct. Okay. I thought otherwise like you couldn't do it. I, and as I tried, as I just inadvertently learned more about it because I would always like like watch Marvel movies and then look at the behind the scenes and just or watch a Tarantino movie and watch the behind the scenes and 
I just get into it more and more and hear more and more things. Eventually, I realize the director doesn't have to be a master of everything. They just kind of know a little bit of everything and mostly just have a lot of creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Now you now you mentioned that you was into the acting part first. Like what age? And I know you said you did theater at a younger age. Like what age did you do theater? I say like when I was five. There was this there's this like theater company for like kids called like Imagination Stage in like I think it's like Bethesda, uh, Maryland. And I performed a lot there as like a little kid. And in high school, I did a lot of theater and. Around the time I was in college, I, I wanted to go be a theater major, but I was like, there's no money in this. Why, why would I do that? I, like, I feel like, like you either have it or you don't. And it just seemed like acting seemed like such a rough road to go down because I feel like it's such a grind and you can't really make things um, without someone else's okay. So that led me into like music a bit. But yeah, I think that's it. I just, I just love performing. Uh, and, I, and that, like that, was like the closest thing to like movies for me. It was like acting. Okay, what, what was when you started uh, performing? Like, what was like uh, like the biggest thing you did as far as like theater? <sighs> Probably like Hamlet in like Hamlet <laughs> at, at school or something. Like, or like I, there was this one like play in middle school where everyone forgot their lines and I just improved the entire thing. And it went over really well, even though, like, behind the scenes, it was, like, a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it, nothing serious. Like, I, I, it was just, like, on and off in school and um, at, like, some theater companies, like, when I was, like, 18, 19. Just, like, plays and stuff like that. Like, Shakespeare-type stuff. Okay. And you you also write, too, right? Did you write uh, Look Behind You? Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. I, yeah, wrote and directed it. Um, uh, I... Yeah, I, I've written a lot of scripts before making this, it, but it was always like one day I'll have the money to make a film because like I love big blockbuster superhero movies and action movies. Okay. And um, yeah, I just I'm like you know what I'm gonna write something that I can produce. And every time I'd write a script, it would just I'd look at it. I'm like, there's no way with this many locations and action scenes that this will work. And eventually, like I wrote something that was doable. Okay. Uh, yeah. So your love for film made you want to write, or that, that was the only thing you ever wrote was like more so screenplays, or? Yeah, I mean, I, I write a lot of like, like songs and like raps and like all kinds of stuff. Like, okay. Like every kind of medium, I just I, I like writing a whole lot, um, and I. I a lot of times I just jot down movie ideas of like if I could make a superhero movie or if I could make a huge movie, what would that look like? And it would just be random notes. But at a certain point when you see kind of filmmakers and I'd study like on IMDb, like what their path looked like to success, mm-hmm. almost nobody's first movie was like Endgame. It's like you have to like pay, you know, pay your dues and pave the way there. Yeah. And um, yeah. And for me, it's like I don't really want to make like indie dramas or anything like that. But for me, it's like finding a way to add fantastical elements that I that I like in there that still you know makes it exciting for me. Okay, I, I like that. I wanted to touch on something real quick though before we get into the uh, to the to the film. Look behind you. Now you sure. said you do music and all that. Are you coming out with a soundtrack to the film? Uh, there's a composer that I work with and we're working on actually some of my own personal music together. Okay. Um, but, and he's a, 
this guy uh, Matthew Bankers from the UK, who's this really brilliant um, composer and rock musician, and this is one of his first uh, film soundtracks. And we worked really closely together. And uh, yeah, he did the score for the film, and we collaborated collaborated really closely on it. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. And we got like a live string section to do it, which okay. is really cool. That sounds dope. So what's your yeah. what stage name you go by? You go by Max Bernstein or Bernstein or no? As a musician, uh, yeah, 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 I think I like I I went by. Uh, I mean, I, I went by uh, Iceberg for a little bit. Iceberg, that's I don't cool. know if I'm going to stay with that or not, but yeah. Iceberg Max, uh, I like that. I like but, that. Uh, I like that. That's a cool name. Thanks, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I messed around with a lot of uh, music for a bit, and uh, it will, whether I go by that name for a project I release next, we'll see. But yeah, I, I, I love all, what I love about film, and, I, and this is an original thought, like, like the incredible director brad bird said this like movies it's like all art forms together in one that's like movies it's like everything is in it yeah like yes. like visual visual you know um audio um not even like you know like forms of like you know composition and painting and stuff like that it's like in film in a way so yeah i i, I really like film for that because it kind of integrates everything yes yeah yep that yep now I want to know about Look Behind You. As far as like, I want to know. Tell us first. Tell us a little bit about Look Behind You. Like, don't give out any spoilers. Or yeah, anything, yeah. But, like... no, I'm not gonna give any spoilers. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, uh, Look Behind You is about two friends who have drifted apart over the years, going on a nostalgic camping trip to kind of rekindle their friendship, and it's a lot about what someone will do when they're trying to seek kind of validation or like kind of big up their ego from other people. Mm. Like whether you're with somebody that you're just with cause they're hot or you're, you're friends with a guy who's kind of an asshole, but you're just friends with him cause he's confident. And if he thinks you're cool, then you're cool. Like how much of abuse will you take from those people just because like, it'll make you feel dope. Uh, <laughs> even though it's really not good for you and it's just fucking bad. But uh, it's a lot about that, and it's also about how much nostalgia will allow you to hold on to that stuff with old friends. Um, but beyond that, the rest is you know, to be seen in the movie. Okay. Would you classify it as like a horror, a sci-fi, a drama? Like, would you classify it as? I think it's it's kind of it's drama. And horror with a little bit of comedy in there. I, I I say it leans heavy into the drama. Okay, so what inspired you to just write this movie specifically? Like, um, the aspect that would be a spoiler was okay. a huge. It it was I needed something to write to make it happen, okay. and I thought about something in my personal life that I was inspired to write about. Um and really bad relationships that people feel really sentimental about like something that's terrible for you but you just are comfortable with it and you find a reason to justify to keep doing it mm. like it's a horrible girlfriend or a horrible friend that you just you have so much history that you just want to find a way to make it work even though there's no logical reason to keep doing it there's a lot of cases in that in my personal life now i'm not going to out the, per the person that inspired me to write this but 
there was a very specific person who was not in the best relationship that really inspired me to write the script. And it's like, he's always just complaining about his relationship to me. And I was like, why are you in this? It makes no sense. But it would ne- I just couldn't, it would be such a out of pocket thing for me to confront him uh, on it, it for a lot of reasons. But I was like, if I were to just tell him about it, what would I say? No, that's not <laughs> and that's kind of where this came about. Like if I were to just lash out on this person about everything I think is he's doing wrong, what would I say? And I just kind of that, and that's what inspired the kind of really dominant character and the really submissive character that you you're gonna see in the film. Okay, so so the the film has two characters or two, yeah, two yeah. main characters. Two, two two main characters in the film. Yep. All right, you want to share their names or no? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. The, there's a kind of you know quintessential douchey uh, kind of jock character. His name is Josh. Okay. And the more kind of sensitive, submissive, uh, you know, emo character, uh, his name is Ryan. Okay. Okay, Josh and Ryan. That's that's cool. So how many days did it take you to film this? Yeah, this was shot uh, over the course of three days, like kind of four-ish days, um, but like three night shoots um, and they were all-nighters, three all-night shoots in the woods uh, in the boonies in Maryland. Oh, and, um, yeah, it was, it was tough, but it was a lot of fun. What were some of the tough, like, uh, obstacles you had to face while filming it at nighttime? I think a lot of it was keeping the energy up, but like the actors were so hilarious that really helped just like talking shit the whole time. But a, a lot of the challenges were, um, uh, just like, cramming everything in the day to be mm-hmm. honest I, the biggest thing as a filmmaker for the first time and deciding to film at night is like it because of continuity it all has to be at night so you're basically at a race against the sun coming up yeah yeah so, so there's certain scenes where literally the sun was about to come up and we just eked out the scene before it all got ruined by you know daylight Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. That, that's the, the biggest challenge is just the time crunch. Now, as far as your crew, not the actors, well, I want to touch on the actors too, but yeah. as far as your crew, as far as with lighting and, and camera and everything, did you, did you, were they people that you knew? How did you go about getting your crew? Yeah, so a lot of it was interviewing cinematographers because I knew if I had somebody that saw eye to eye with my vision that it, I could really execute something I was proud of. And the hardest thing was finding people, one, that didn't feel like they were in it for the money, and two, where I was like, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. Like, And there, and there was, I came very close to almost hiring somebody that, that I wasn't crazy about because I didn't really get the chance to look at their work and they talked a big game and it sounded good but then I looked at their work and I was like no 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 I can't like invest this amount of my own lifeblood and money (laughs) if like I'm not like you know really impressed with their work and I came across this guy John Grove who's the coolest guy ever um and brilliant um cinematographer and I saw a film he made um, with a director named Ivan Kander called Truth or Scare that was kind of comparable to what I was doing or wanted to do. It was in a house, and it was two actors, and there was um, a you know, horror element in it. And it was really, really solid and really, really professional and clean and 
engaging. It was everything that I hoped my first film would be. At the, and I was like, if I could get this guy and my material, it I could do something really, really good. And meeting him, his entire crew, or the entire crew that I ended up with were people that have known him for years and years and years. Okay. Because, yeah, looking at looking at the, the uh, screenshots and the, and the stills, it, it looks beautiful. It looks like a big-budget Hollywood you, movie. It does. Thank you. Beautiful. I mean, a lot of that is, I mean, obviously, John is a huge credit to that. There's uh, the lighting technician, the gaffer, um, Gray Atkins. He is uh, like a one-man wrecking crew. This guy is, like, unreal. Like... I, it, it's like if I any film I ever do, I need this guy on because he's just that unbelievably talented. Um, like I like the amount he was able to do by himself. It, he was like three gaffers in one, or even like seven. Like it's unreal what this guy could do. Oh, and he his his lighting. He, I mean, him and the cinematographer had a, uh, John had a lot. You know, a idea of what they wanted to do based on what I was going for. But he knocked it out of the park. A lot of the visual. It looks good in those stills. It's all gray. Yeah, that's yeah, that beautifully shot movie. I can't wait to see it, especially you see the trailer when you release it. But I definitely can't. Thank wait to you, see man. The film. We're we're working on cutting a trailer together, um, without like giving too much away. That's that's tough with the short films. There's only so much content. But yeah, the trailer's dropping soon. Okay, so so how did you uh, cast your actors? Um, a lot of it was uh, scouring the internet because I'd never casted a movie for I mean, obviously it's my first film mm-hmm. but every, basically every casting website in existence i kind of just went through and tried to you know post my script there and see what i could get and i went through thousands of people but it's kind of funny like the first like maybe 20 people i i looked at the actors i ended up with were there and I knew, like, this is the perfect Josh. This is the perfect Ryan. And it's like, if I could get these guys, it'd be awesome. And luckily, they were both down. And they really liked the material. Okay. Did they did they come from far away? Like, from... Or yeah, they... they were actually relatively close. It was filmed in Maryland. I live in Virginia. Okay. And both of them were in New from New York. Okay. Um, actually, one of them... So, um, uh, Alexander, Alex Kimeto, um or his name's, he goes by Alex, uh, Alex Kimito and uh, Zeramok Bechik, he goes by Z, uh, he plays Josh, and uh, Alexander Kimito plays Ryan, and it, both of them are, like, crazy talented actors, and I'm, I'm really happy I was able to get that, the talent that I was able to get in my very first film, because I feel like normally you either have your friends or you have what you could get, but I feel like, you know, people felt, you know, I had a decent amount of options because people were, felt good about the material, which made me feel, you know, I felt pretty good about that. But I was, you know, it was tough because um, I was just worried, you know, I, I don't know, like that, are the actors going to remember their lines or are they going to do good? Like, I'd never done it before, um, yeah. but like they came incredibly prepared, both of them. No, that's good. So did y'all do any rehearsals beforehand or no? Yeah, that's it was like, we did a couple chemistry reads on zoom. Um, and I, even before that, like I played both of their audition tapes, like on the same screen and it just felt right. So I was like, this is going to work. And when they were on zoom together, it was like, it was magic. Like they were like, I was like trying not to laugh while they were rehearsing just because it was so funny. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I think, 
the the movie plays really dramatic but like when just seeing how they played off each other so well it was it was hard not to laugh because it was very much what i had in mind writing it okay i'm definitely looking forward to it so is this yeah, man. this a short film or it's a full length oh no no this is like a i mean right now the director's cut right i mean is like about 22 minutes okay, okay. Uh, but i think we're gonna try and make like a 10 to 15 minute cut um, for festivals because I think that's going to be easier for them to program. Um, it's tough because I think a lot of the story, like each line kind of segues into the next thing, even though it is kind of, uh, you know, cyclical argument that kind of repeats over and over again, but that's like any argument. But I think there are certain things that can definitely be cut. I like the long version, but I think we can get it shorter, but yeah, it is a short film. Okay. So are you going, besides the festival, are you going to release a, a director's cut version of the film? Yeah, for sure. For I'm sure. going to try to. Um, it's like, I think we're going to try and ship it around to different, like, you know, streaming places or um, see where we can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, definitely the, the director's cut will be on YouTube for sure. Okay. What, when uh, when do you anticipate, like, releasing it officially? Like, after you do all the film festival run, runs and everything? Yeah. Definitely after the festival run, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll re- release on YouTube. Because I think a lot of festivals uh, don't necessarily allow your film to be on YouTube before it's screened at the festival. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm learning a lot about the festival circuit, this being my first time uh, submitting to festivals of any kind. Um, and yeah, so it will, it'll be on YouTube after the festival run. Okay. So, so what is uh, the film community like in Virginia? Uh, it's pretty, I mean, it might, I know it exists, but like, it's pretty, I don't know. I, I don't want to like say anything bad about the film community. All I can say is like a lot of the cinematographers and crews that I like it, try to interview for this project. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of talent that, but I think people that don't feel like they're in it for the paycheck, I think in general, that's just hard to come by as like passionate people that you can tell aren't just like jaded with filmmaking but are excited about just creating something and had that like mm-hmm. you know that childlike spark that we all had that got us into doing creative shit to begin with i think a lot of people are just like yeah just lugging cameras around and filming a commercial like i think people that are really wanting to make creative like dope shit is like it's hard because i think it's just a hard industry yeah um and but i think uh, and what I love about everyone, actors and crew included, is I think we're all kind of fighting for that, you know, spark of magic that, and that's what we create. I don't think, I think most people, like, I'm, I'm that I work on this film are like that, where it's like, it, we're all excited to be doing it. And that's kind of the people I want to work with going forward, because if somebody's just talented, but they're just kind of like ghosting through the job, like, not nah, yeah. like, get out of here. You need some more passion. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, with the passion. Yeah, it's hard to find passionate people. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm too. I feel like I'm way too green in, in the industry to like make a judgment on Virginia. It's like I can't like talk like shit because oh. like I don't I don't know enough people. I I know people I've interviewed like that I try to seek out, but I, I to be decided uh, yeah. on the film community of Virginia. But like I can say the crew that I that I worked with on this film were amazing, and, like talent wise and as people. Now, like, is it like, is it a big filmmaking community in Virginia or is it like small? Like everybody. I feel like, it's really, I feel like it's really, really small. Oh, it's really I feel small. like, I mean, because in Virginia, I think everyone is kind of into government jobs and stuff like that. A lot of the reason I'm still here is just because 
Uh, I had a lot of friends growing up here, and I felt very attached to the area. But as people, more and more people move out, I, I, I don't know. I'm almost just, I don't even know what I'm doing here in a way. <laughs> like, I kind of just wanted, I wanted to make a film, my first film at least in a familiar environment versus going to L.A. and feeling like, you know, drowned. And almost to prove to myself that, you know, that I can, you know, make a competent film and direct act as well. But, um. Yeah, the current crew that we worked with is in Maryland. So okay. they don't necessarily reflect the Virginia film community. They're from, all from Maryland. Okay. Not most of them. All right. So what are, uh, what are your top three films? Ooh, that's a good question. I love that question. Um, uh, this is, I mean, for me, I mean, this is, I have a very, like, generic taste in movies in a way. But, like, Dark Knight is number one for me. Yeah, I love uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, I just think that movie is such a great balance of, um, like, film noir, like, art house, and just blockbuster superhero stuff. And um, that's just, that's always number one up there. For me, and the score by Hans Zimmer is just, I've never stopped listening to that. Number two, I mean, I just, the Lion King, uh, an, original animated Lion King. Yeah, that's definitely a that, just like That was, like, the first movie that I think really, like, it inspired me as a kid and, and rewatching it as an adult it still has the same impact for me in terms of like i don't know people will say like oh hamlet's better than lion king but i'd say hamlet doesn't have a hans zimmer score so i'd say they're wrong <laughs> um, like I, I do like hamlet like after like but like it, it, it uh, yeah it, that that it doesn't have the hans zimmer score in it doesn't have a james earl jones mufasa either mm-hmm. um but uh, number three that's tough. Uh, I have to say, probably Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. I have to say number three. I love that movie. Uh, that movie is just so rewatchable, such good dialogue. And it inspired a lot. That's like a movie that's inspired my style a whole lot, like writing style as far as movies go. Okay. And you did mention that too, that uh, Quentin Tarantino, that's one of your favorite directors. I, I just I I love how like satisfying his films are to watch and how much payoff you get out of his films. Like he's also he's able to make long, like long drawn dialogue really entertaining and I, I I like he has a lot of poeticness to his films and no matter how much talking there is he always adds like a really climactic like visceral violent scene that makes it worthwhile. Mm. And I just, I find that just really satisfying. <laughs> no, I feel you. Yeah. One of the greatest directors, man. All the yeah, time. Man. Now you successfully completed your first film. Look behind you. What are some tips from your experience and what you just went through that you, what are some of the tips that you can give out to up and coming filmmakers or just filmmakers in general from your yeah. experience? Yeah, I think, the biggest thing I would say to upcoming filmmakers making their first film is you cannot prepare enough. Like a lot of the success of this film is because of the people that I was able to hire that were so talented and had my back. Um, and I mean, a lot of, I, I will give myself credit that the ideas were strong, but as far as it, the more you plan out each shot and every moment and know exactly what you're trying to accomplish, each moment, each day, the better. Like the less you leave that to other people, 
not that you don't want help, but the more you can plan out the specifics of the shots you're doing and what you want to accomplish each day, the better. Because it's really easy to not accomplish the shots that you're going for to lose out on big parts of your vision if you don't plan it out well enough. Like, I think preparation is huge. Because if you don't prepare, you're you're kind of putting it in Luck's hands. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. The other thing I would say is um, get as much feedback as you can from people that don't necessarily like you or are friends with you. Like Mm. if you're people that are complete strangers, think your material is strong, that's a good sign. But if you're showing your script to strangers and they're like, they might like really look for if you feel like people are fucking with what you're doing. Because if like people read it and it's like they're losing interest or like kind of bored, mm-hmm. which like I just I think it's like a sign to go back to the drawing board. But it's like feedback from people that you don't that don't have any reason to give you a pat on the back and preparing as much as possible. Um, you know, rehearsing, you know, um, planning out shot lists, um, you know, uh, you know, talking with each crew member about what exactly you're trying to do and even having like a binder about like, you know, what each scene is supposed to accomplish, taking notes on the script, all that stuff. Uh, granted, there's a fine balance because you don't want to overdo it and then just prepare and prepare and write and write and never make it the movie. But preparation is key and getting feedback from people is really important. Okay. As, uh, that's what I say. As far as getting it made, I think it's just being persistent um, and also believing in your vision. Because if you, if if you even if you, even if you're nervous about like pitching it to somebody, if you've done the hard work, people will see your passion. Like even if you're really nervous, just because like you're inexperienced. It's like if people can see that you worked your ass off on it, you, you, like you, the truth will come out. Like being nervous isn't necessarily going to mess up your pitch, but half-assing it is going to give you no shot. Like you got to really put your heart into it and put the effort in. And if you put the time in and you're pitching to people, you're a lot more likely to get support. Okay. Thank you for that, Max. I appreciate that. We are, are my audience appreciate that. We appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank on. You. One more, wait, thank one more, so one more question. Okay, you filmed in Maryland. How did you scout that location, and what was that process like? I want to add that. I'm gonna throw that in the middle of the interview somewhere. Yeah, how, yeah. How you do that? So, I looked up every kind of uh, foresty location in Virginia and Maryland, and I called every park ranger and looked up every website to see who would be willing to let us film. And there was a park ranger at uh, Cunningham Falls State Park, and he was down. And But it's just a lot of trial and error. And just I just scouted. Even down to um, like makeup artists and hiring people. Some of you just got to go on Google and make a million phone calls. Like mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big t- t- hot tip I'd say is use, use the hell out of Google. Like just type in whatever you need. And even if you got to like eat like – I emailed like a million people for this one special effects makeup aspect of the film and almost no one was able to do it. And then I found this one guy 
uh, named Dallas Harvey. That's a great prosthetic artist that was able to do on time crunch what I needed. So Google exactly what you need and make a ton of phone calls. Okay. Thank you, Max. Man. This is like a master class. I appreciate this. Okay. Man. We gonna we gonna <laughs> love it. This I love this conversation. I appreciate you, Max. Thank you. So when thank uh, you, Quinn. Thank you. And it's awesome being on. And it's like my first podcast. So that that's very flattering. But I just that's my honest experience about getting this done. So I hope I can help out some people that are afraid to, you know, make their first film and are are you know. I hope I can give people some courage to get into it. That even if you're nervous. Like I was, you know, horribly nervous. Um, if you are passionate and prepared, like you can, you can absolutely get it done.